podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello there. It's my pleasure to welcome you to a little piece of audio bliss. It's the BRFCS podcast. Hello once again and welcome to another episode of the BRFCS podcast. This one's a little bit different because it's a mixture of football, music and memories in hopefully an appealing mix. Our special guest on this episode is the one and only Jay Henry, that's Josh Henry to us, and he's come along to talk to us about his devotion to Rovers, but also his love of music and in particular how he's reworked an all-time Rovers classic And for those of you that are far too young to remember the original, this could well blow your mind. My guest on this episode of the BRFCS podcast is known by his Twitter handle only one J Henry, but we know him as Josh. He's a Rovers fan who lives in Buckinghamshire, but he also is developing his musical career, shall we say, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But first of all, welcome Josh to the BRFCS podcast. How do we find you this evening? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I had a bit too much pepper in my mashed potatoes, so... Um, <laughs> apologies if I I've got wisdom teeth crowning as well. So if if I start making funny noises that aren't jokes, that's not part um, of the musical. Uh, it's repertoire. it's not no it, it's no it's not anything to do with music or comedy. It's just I've bitten into a peppercorn. Splendid, excellent. <laughs> right, uh, you live in Buckinghamshire, but you're a Blackburn Rovers I do. fan. You've seen I Rovers am. away, but you've never been to Ewood Park. So let's let's explore that in a little bit more detail then. So how does a young kid from Buckinghamshire become a Blackburn Rovers fan? I will qualify this. I have been to Ewood Park twice. Never for a match, once for a stadium tour, and once would have been in about 1996. They were training at home. I was page boy for a wedding for a fam for some relative. Uh, in Blackpool. I got the autographs of Damien Duff and Jack Walker that day, so I can qualify myself, but it was <laughs> mostly through um, Alan Shearer and Tim Flowers and Colin Hendry. I guess it's amazing how many fans we picked up during that era, uh, I think with a bit of our exposure on TV and, uh, and all the rest. Well, again, another qualifier. In the back of my autograph book, I drew the... Um, I drew the entire squad. The only player that had hair was Colin Hendry. <laughs> and I, I even had a little toy sea lion that was called Colin. Fantastic. Okay, we've established your, cre- your credentials then. You're allowed to stay on the pod on that basis. So what's your, what's your favourite Rovers memory from that era? My, my earliest real Rovers memory would be the Graham Sooners promotion and the Worthington's Cup. Yeah. So I was born in '93 to give away my age. Yikes! So I don't, I don't really remember a particular moment that got me into Blackburn Rovers. I, I could have just as easily been an Arsenal fan, and I will, I will put that on record because at that time when I was getting into football, I don't come from a football family. 
So it was whoever was playing the attractive football that caught my eye. Yeah. Arsenal, at the time where I was becoming aware of football, had an absolutely fantastic team to watch. But Blackburn caught my eye first. So what's it, what's it been like for you? starting to support Rovers at that, that time and, and watching us retreat down the divisions. How has that, that made you feel as a, as a remote supporter? It's difficult to say because I, I, it wasn't until I was in my fairly early 20s that I actually met another Rovers fan in the wild. <laughs> what were the circumstances or should we not ask? Pub. We, we were having a grumble. I kind of just, I learned to follow them in my own way. I didn't have the the dissenting voice of another relative to tell me why this is bad why that's bad yeah because at that time and i still maintain sometimes dropping down a division isn't the worst thing because if you're getting an absolute tonking week in week out in a league you're in the wrong league you're in the wrong division if you go down a level you're you're going to be playing in at a level where you belong yeah, I guess it's when you drop two divisions that that, that sort of like brings uh, brings the emotions to the fore. But I've said it before, and I'll probably say it again. I think dropping down to League One rekindled, well, it certainly rekindled my relationship with Rovers and with football to a large extent. Standing on terraces and watching us win. It's the season I made the most matches. That League One season was my yeah. best season supporting. It's my favourite season supporting Blackburn. What was your favourite away trip? Uh, South End. Right. Although I did make it, I did make it up to Bradford. I'm going to probably talk myself out of a few bookings here. <laughs> um, <laughs> the commercial possibilities are already dwindling. Yes. yes, yes, yes. That's why I've set the nice microphone up because I'm hoping that I can maybe blag some voiceover work in in between somewhere. <laughs> so yes, Bradford. I was booked to play a friend's wedding up in Bradford. I never got the, um, I realised on the way up, I'd got my bus booked, I'd got the hotel booked. Did I get the name of the venue? Yes, yes I did. Well, I say I did, yes I did forget to get the name of the venue, <laughs> completely. Um, but luckily enough, Blackburn were playing away at Bradford that day. <laughs> was that the day when Dominic Samuel scored? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah that game. Yeah. And... Uh, that's that's the day that made me think, bloody hell, we've got a player here and Peter Whitten and rest his soul. Yeah, I think that, but that I recall that game. We'd, we'd had a dodgy start. You say you went to Southend. I, yes. I certainly didn't make that trip. Um, that was but, a cracking but, weekend. Losing to Southend and then losing to Doncaster in short order, I think, restructured a lot of people's expectations. And then the, the Bradford away win was probably the first time that we established our, cre- our credentials in that division. And I think from that moment on, the fans believed and you could see the players believe it was it was it was just that it was the spark when we went down to south end it was it was always going to be a tough tough ask you're never going to win you're scarcely going to win every game in a football season it's it's crude to even expect that get the losses out early doors but (laughs) you know you you saw it there was there was enough in that team where you thought do you know what yeah, okay. I remember walking away from Rootsall thinking that, that was A, a cracking ground. Loved it, despite the absence of um, a bar in the away end. Yeah. That was that was slightly irksome. Lovely tea hut, though. It was a proper tea hut. <laughs> that game came about because I had a horrendous bout of football depression. 
as a result of that relegation. Yeah, you weren't alone, if that's any consolation. No, uh, I, I know. But again, because I was so isolated from all of the other Blackburn fans, it was actually my friend who's a Wimbledon fan who sort of scooped me up because if there's anyone that knows what a tough time for a okay, football yeah. club looks like yeah. it's it's a dot it's a dons fan absolutely and i'm not talking about the and i'm not talking about the bletchley not team the MK variety, no. they don't even play in milton Keynes. we sort of came to an agreement where okay first game of the season we're gonna watch some football whoever's playing closest will go and watch yeah and it turned out that blackburn were closer because Wimbledon were playing up at Scunthorpe. So we went down there, we booked a hotel, turned up at the wrong hotel because there's two Premier Inns on the uh, seafront. <laughs> but it was it was a brilliant weekend. It was the it was the first it was the first weekend I felt like a proper Rovers fan. Good stuff. I think going away to watch Rovers lose in the, you know, the opening game of the season, if that doesn't Nothing establish like your it. credentials as a Rovers supporter, I'm not sure what will. So, uh, you first came to my attention uh, via Twitter. There were a, a flurry of retweets and people sort of saying, have you seen this guy? He's a Rovers fan. He's done this 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 track. And you, your the track that brought you to our attention was um, called I Would Love It. Is that right? And it's about the infamous yes. Kevin Keegan rant. So yes. tell us a little bit about what you what your journey into musicianship has been like so far, and what 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 you hope it ultimately to be. And then let's let's talk about that that Kevin Keegan track, and maybe we'll play a clip. I started playing music. We got a piano when I was about three, four, about four years old, I'd say. Uh-huh. And I just I've I've only ever had lessons on the violin. And even then, I didn't pay much attention to them because I wanted to learn the things that I wanted to learn. I think it's such a cruel instrument where you've got to master not only the, the fingering, but then the, the, yeah, the, the bow. It's just, as a beginning instrument, I just never understand it. Why don't yes. they give kids a ukulele or something like that with four strings and just... You know, I've always been surrounded by musical instruments. Yeah. So when I was about two years old, I would... I would hear songs on the radio or hear melodies in my head and play them on a recorder. Wow. So I I barely read music I I barely read music. Everything I do is just translating what I hear in my head yep. to my hands or out through my mouth. Fantastic. It's that's there's there's no other way I can describe my process than that. I couldn't describe you how I produce a song. Yeah. It's just it's, so it's instinctive. Yeah, it's exactly that. I, I hear, I hear pretty much exactly the arrangement that I want in my head before I even record, before I even hit record or set up a microphone. So I can see via the wonders of Zoom that you're surrounded by guitars yes. up on the wall there, but you play the yes. piano clearly based on what you just sort of said. Yes. So what, how do you how do you build a track up then? What how does it start in your head? Is it a few chords on the guitar, or do you try and pick out no, a melody? No, I, I I I will hear the whole, I will hear the whole arrangement, and then I'll just wow. work methodically rhythm section, right. this section, this section, this section, and it's 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 not production line. It's just a way that makes sense to me. Yeah, totally envious. Just in case, just in case, it's not blindingly obvious to people listening. I to don't us, but... think it's a talent or a skill. It's just for me. It's just good memory recall. But it's the translation, isn't it? So that there's hearing it, that there's picking it out, and then being able to convert the signal 
into output that, that generates itself on a musical instrument. I had a friend at school who could who could hear a song and pick out the melody instantaneously on the piano, and given sort of like five or ten minutes, he'd, he'd have some chords and the melody. And I just watched him do it, and it made me sick. I've got to be honest. It was it was just one of those things. I was just so envious of that ability. So the 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 thought of being able to do that with multi instruments and then lay it down and produce it and edit it. It's uh... if you can if you can write a sentence, you can play an instrument. If you can remember, it's muscle memory. It's just yeah. it's just recall. Practice, practice. If you practice. can, I must admit, I don't practice much at all. I'm I'm incredibly lazy as a musician in terms of technique because again I taught myself so I've probably picked up a lot of bad habits. I'm not a virtuoso. A lot of people get put off by learning an instrument by how regimented the practice can be. And I found that because I've started trying to get myself to a point where I'm technically a better musician. I don't like it, but it's something that you have to eventually resign yourself to one of my um one of my favorite twitter accounts i think i think i might have talk, told you about him in the past is uh, is nick harvey and he he um he put some tweets out over the weekend uh, and his son was learning the violin uh, so what brought it to mind when he just mentioned it and it's saying he just he just wasn't embracing it or being remotely enthusiastic about it so his father given his musical ability had um translated or transcripted whatever the uh, musical term is transcribed maybe even um and imagine yep. dragon's song for the violin so that he could play it and he perfect. accompanied him perfect. on the piano and then they put the video out on youtube and he, he retweeted it and he said it had something like a thousand views within about yep. 20 minutes and his son had never ever been so enthusiastic about music as a result of this learn something that you want to learn exactly that exactly that you know if, if somebody wants to to get me to play the guitar it's learning a deep purple riff it's not sort of like trying to do classical guitar or anything like that yeah i could never understand why when you go to lessons you get the you have a song a day book and it would be old macdonald had a farm or something no no i want want to play like richie blackmore yes that's why i was put off violin lessons because my teacher she was a brilliant violinist she was a brilliant teacher if you wanted to play classical. I was getting heavily into the pogues and I wanted to learn the pogues. Of course. So I would I would turn up to the lessons, go through the motions, play the pieces, pretend I was working towards my I've got grade one on violin. Yeah. That's the only grade I have that's the only grade I have on any instrument. But I would go away and I would learn I would just I would turn back up and be like, Yeah, I've learned this. If you if you learn something that you want to learn, you're going to be far better off for it than learn something because you have to do it. It's not a chore. No, it's, exactly. It's the, the very nature of, uh, of enjoyment. So that leads us on to the song that I heard, which is yes. I Would Love It, inspired by the Keegan Rant. So what was the genesis of, of that origin, original idea then? I, it was, I started recording that on Christmas Day because I'd had enough of other people i need to go into the <laughs> studio now i maybe sometime it was just it was just something i just i sort of started whistling this melody i was just like and and it, it was a case of the words fit the melody yeah and i just thought hang on because all of my other projects beforehand which i've thankfully 
were just so morose. And I found myself with them deliberately allowing myself to slip into poor mental health just right. for the sake of trying to write a good song. <laughs> and really, now I, now I look back on it, it was really not very healthy. To be honest, the songs weren't that good. Good art doesn't have to come from pain. It doesn't, it doesn't have to. With your permission, then, let's, let, let's play a track from uh, I Would Love It. And then the, the listeners can yep. judge for themselves. But I think um, I think it's a terrific little catchy number. And uh, of course, it's one of the, the the most outstanding clips from from Sky Sports football's history over the uh, over the <laughs> Premier League era. So let's hear a little bit now. I can think of one better. We'll talk about after. <laughs> oh no, I think you better speak to that red nosed that you got Alex Fergie. As for the tapes, and I bet you a flash is you're a bunch of jokes since you're number one guy. But he's having a moan, we've been planning for four months to go down the M1, take the points for not enough. I see him losing all his credibility, and we are bigger than that. Listen here, Mr. Opener of Doors, I've heard enough, I'm not taking any more solo in my estimation, he's not even me, preserve who's gonna pick him up off the floor. Now is it just mind games or his projectionistic fears? All this talk of each United Stewart Pierce He's in his hand up for us to guard to go to Middlesbrough And I'll tell you honestly I would love it if we beat them I would love it if we beat them I would love it Love it I would love it if we beat them I would love it if we beat them I would love it Love it. I would love it if we beat them. I would love it if we beat them. I would love it. Love it. I would love it if we beat them. I would love it if we beat them. I would love it. Listening to the BRFCS podcast, and this bit is simply a mechanism to assist the editing together of two different parts. Sorry to let daylight in upon magic, but there it is.
West Ham versus Blackburn Rovers on Sky Sports. Sean Michaels, the wrestler, the uh, the cl- the famous fan of the Blackburn Rovers. Sean, first of all, what brings you to Upton Park today? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm here to support uh, the Blackburn Rovers. As a matter of fact, I have a distant relative that's from Blackburn. So my mother tells me. So I'm pulling for the Blackburn Rovers. Have you seen them play before? I haven't got the opportunity. Today's my first time, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It should be, should be great fun. And when uh, a wrestling fan's going to see you in action? Well, uh, the World Wrestling Federation is coming on tour uh, in June. We're going to be uh, on June 21st. We're going to be in Birmingham at the NEC. And, uh, and of course, on June 22nd, right here in London at the Royal Albert Hall, where uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, The Undertaker, all the World Wrestling Federation superstars, including, of course, me, are going to be here, uh, you know, electrifying the fans of London. How much are you looking forward to this afternoon's game? I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping uh, Mr. Shearer scores, I don't know, couple, maybe round it off at 35 goals this year. I think that'll be good for us. Uh, do you have a message for the Blackburn players and supporters? Oh, well, uh, do whatever you have to do to win. That's what I do. So, <laughs> Sean, enjoy the game. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. It's wonderful. I love when football embraces its naff side. Football is not a serious sport. <laughs> The business side of it is serious. I have no interest in business. But football, when you strip it down, is just beautiful. It's wonderful. It's silly. It's inconsequential. It means everything. It means nothing. The ti- the timing of that conversation is, is quite interesting, given um, I think Mr. Agnelli, or Signor Agnelli, from, uh, from Juventus, who was talking the other day about of course, this Swiss model talking for the European Championship. And one of his wacky suggestions was that TV subscriptions could be sold to young people just for the last 15 minutes of a game because apparently their attention span can't cope with 90 minutes. So his thought was that uh, UEFA should sell subscriptions for the last 15 minutes of a game. I'll, uh, we'll, just, we'll just leave that one. Was it Infantino the other day who said that VAR's improved football? I mean, there's only one sport for me that has absolutely nailed the use of video technology, and that's cricket. But VAR, I think they, there needs to be a 10-second review. If you can't make the decision in 10 seconds, it's not clear and obvious. Yeah. I liked the idea of, uh, again, a bit boring on the cricket model, that it's the referee of the on-field decision is made, and then the, the manager has a certain number of appeals. So whether it's one and a half yes. or two and a half, because yeah. no, I want field to hockey that. works on a similar principle, I think. For financial reasons, the RFCS podcast needs a transition into a sponsorship message. This is that transition. Hi, Linz. Uh, I've had to ring you. I've got an idea. Go on, but you're going to have to be quick because I'm halfway through listening to the BRFCS podcast. Picture this, the Riverside stand, the big redevelopment. Okay. Okay, bear with me. We're going to take out all the seats. I've got it. Safe standing. Oh, no, 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 no. It's better than that. We replaced the whole lot with sunbeds. What? You bet. I've actually just got a Rover's Beach towel from the Terrace store, and it's absolutely fantastic. High quality, retro Rover's design. Mine's based on the 1995 Awaken. I like the sound of that. You could be onto something. Where did you get it from again? I got it from theterrorstore.com. All the podcast listeners get an exclusive discount by entering the discount code BRFCS at the checkout. The Kevin Geegan track <laughs> is not 
the only football-related track that uh, you've recorded, and no. you have others in the pipeline. So let's talk about those now. Yes. Um, yes. You gave me. You very kindly sent me a link to your SoundCloud account, and um, one of the tracks on there references, to my mind, uh, possibly the greatest Blackburn Rovers. Uh, hero of all time, uh, namely Bob Crompton. And kids, if you're not aware of Bob Crompton, just read his Wikipedia entry, and in particular, how the poor guy died. Now, if that isn't uh, a legendary, I won't spoil it for you, but if that isn't doesn't automatically ascribe your legendary status, I'm not quite sure what would. But talk to us about your track called The Inseparables. It's, it's more of a... It, it's very much a story. It's sort of how the relationship between two players becomes so intertwined that everyone just thinks, oh, this is brilliant. We've got two absolutely gems of players here. The, those two players have such an understanding and an innate knowledge of what the other's going to be doing, what the other's even going to be having for breakfast. They just know each other. And I'm not going to spoil the end. So let's listen to the inseparables by the one and only Jay Henry. Twas a nervy old start to the first 45. They took the lead with a hint of offside, but together we knew that we would be alright. We both signed up contracts that we'd never be sold. Loyal to the end like that Crompton of old A partnership so perfect in its prime And at a goal again you would win us the cup Your overhead kick put us 3-0 up Against a side they said we should never be With relative ease, you danced past their back fall. All we could do was watch on in awe. They, George, look like the second best. Though we were ready to conquer the world. Take on our shoulders the abuse that was held from the terraces occupied by the opposition. You would bounce back and you'd refind your farm every week on a Saturday when three o'clock comes. We'll be waiting for your next poetic display. As winter rolled in, we both needed a break The powers that be said it was a mistake So resiliently we pushed on through Then in the transfer window of January That's when you turned round and you said to me Oh, I'm signing for the rival team It's a funny old game We were too good for John B. 
birds in the park On our flooded theaters It would never go dark Until song for old soul Didn't have fifty pence for the meter Okay, that was The Inseparables, and we're going to talk now about um, another Rovers-related track. So, Josh, something from Rovers history, and I remember actually buying this record, and many of my generation will, a double A side in the Rovers shop in the early 1970s. Would you like to tell us about how you, first of all, became aware of a song called By Gum, We'll Make It A Day? Yes, well, if you haven't already gathered by my reference to Shawn Michaels being a fan of the Blackburn Rovers. I absolutely love the niche side of football. I think it's brilliant. I remember I was watching the Leeds United documentary on Amazon and which had one of the weirdest um, voiceover choices. Uh, It was Russell Crowe, I think. They could have gone with Ralph Einson, but (laughs) the, the notoriously famous lead fan with a very nice voice who does a lot of voiceover work anyway (laughs) so marching on together and there was a really lovely version of it and i was just i got a little bit annoyed i was like why have blackburn not got a nice song because as lovely as wild rover is it's a bit too raucous to be turned into something lovely yeah so i started just trawling the depths of the internet and i actually found the um found reference to by gum on the brfcs forum and then i heard it and i thought but i could do something with this and then i sat on it for sat on the idea for absolutely ages for probably the best part of two years easily so we we came into contact i got into contact with duncan from rovers radio and i just thought you know what the time's right I've got the, I had, and then the idea came, the actual idea for the melody and everything. So it was a case of how can I make this sort of suitable to how I do things? 
okay well let's do this 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 and this so i'm sure we'll probably get in some sort of copyright infringement pro issue well we'll, breach, we'll, we'll take the risk whatever you want to call it we'll take the risk i think i think if we if the desert island discs podcast gives taught me anything you can play anything under x amount of something the song like so something um like well i'll tell you what let's let's play the original because I think that sets the context for what you've done with it. Because what you've done with it, I think, is, is absolutely gorgeous. It's a lovely melody. So for, for people who aren't of my generation, this is one side of a double A-sided single that was sold in the club shop back in the day, probably in 1972. One of Ken Furphy's initiatives, one of many initiatives that Ken Furphy brought to the club. And when I bought it, I was convinced that by buying it, that would mean that Blackburn Rovers would appear on that week's Top of the Pops. So I watched Top of the Pops religiously, <laughs> only to be disappointed week in, week out when it didn't make the top 20. By the presenters and their Just, conduct. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that would come much later in life. I was, I was not but a lad, as they say. So yeah, Blackburn Rovers didn't make it to Top of the Pops, but um, let's just play By Gum We'll Make It A Day. And I think this is the Eagle Prize Band and the squad at the time. So that's Rovers with the Eagle Prize Band, and I believe they're still going. With I did do a quick Google just to make sure that they're still around, and indeed they are. So if they want to get in touch with us and come in a future pod, or sue us, um, I'm sure that, that they can do yep. that as well. But that's by gum, we'll make it a day. So, Josh, you've taken that. So describe the process. Tell yes. us what you've done, and, and then we'll have a listen to the finished article, which I think is uh, it bears comparison, certainly. What drew me to the song the most is the are the lyrics. I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful song lyrically, in that it's all about. Do you know what? We're going to give it a go. A right good go, as Gary Bowie would say. Yes. We're just going to go out there. We're going to play football. We might lose. We might win. Either way, it's football. And it just there's there's so much hope in there. And I think that there's a lot of parallels with where Rovers were then and where we are now. And one of the wonderful things about doing the song is it's, it's, it started to help bridge the gap between my knowledge of when football was invented and 1970s. 
It's incredible to think that we are as many years past the millennium now as the stuff the formation of the Premier League was to, to 1972. Yeah. When I think back to the game that I watched as a child, to the game that is now, it's just, it's so fundamentally different. And listening to this is so evocative for me. It really, really takes me back. I can smell the Nuttall Street stand. I can sort of <laughs> smell the pies. And dare I say, the toilets as well. But there's just something about that structure, the creaking of the wood, and he walked up and the, the ground was there. And this just takes me back instantaneously. It's, it's tremendously evocative. The song references being proud of the football club. I am proud to be a Blackburn fan, for better or worse. And I wanted to to create something that I was proud of and that other people could just sort of think, yeah, do you know what? Okay. Remind people that football is brilliant. Blackburn Rovers are absolutely brilliant. They're the best club in the world. I'm not being biased. <laughs> they're they're going to win the World Cup. They're going to win the World Club Championship and the World Cup and the Euros because they're that bloody fantastic. We, we should bottle that enthusiasm and sell it in the club shop for sure. Let's have a listen to the words of Ebay Gum will make it today. In particular, the tune that you've put around it, which I just think is, is magnificent. And I can I can picture this now playing over some old Pathé footage of the 1928 Cup final victory or something like that. I think it's an absolutely wonderful song. So here's Josh with his version of By Gum, We'll Make It A Day. Never give in, go out to win, forever will be our aim. And here's a song to help us along the way. Blackburn Rovers, good old blue and white, for our namesakes to play is our delight. Whoever we're playing will never be failing in giving our best to test the rest at home or away. Our name is ranked amongst the all-time greats. We'll never say die, we're here to try and then to celebrate For we are the Rovers, we're proud of our colours On and on we'll carry to victory For the Rovers will be scoring, for the Rovers they'll be roaring We'll never give in, by gum we'll make it our day For the Rovers will be scoring, for the Rovers they'll be roaring We'll never give in, by gum we'll make it our day
there we have it. Isn't that absolutely wonderful? I, I really, really, really love that treatment, Josh. I think it's, it's absolutely fantastic. So having got that in the can and wrestling with your copyright conscience as to what to do with it, at least people can hear it on this, as I say, and if the Eagley Prize Band want to sue us, we'll hear from my learned friends. But what's, what's in the pipeline for you? Burrowing away writing, mostly. Um, not necessarily with music. So... Now that we've kind of got a hopeful plan for venues to potentially reopen, it's a case of writing a live show. All of my songs are about football, and it's too it's too narrow a subject. So I, you know, I do because I do talk about other things, and I've I've always got more to say than I have to sing about. So I'll be I'm explore a lot more of writing poetry potential trying to work on writing a book we'll see whether or not that one happens but that's that's working away i like to have a lot of time to ruminate on ideas so at the moment it's just a case of writing recording as many of my poems just absolute nonsense poems i've i've got one here ready for the end uh-huh that's a lovely little segue. Um, <laughs> it's, it's becoming more and more difficult for a musician to make it whatever make it means because there's so much there's so much of a rich vein of history of music to explore that I will put my hands up and say I don't listen to a lot of new music because I'll always go back to the to to the Clash or Sabbath yeah. because so many things nowadays just remind me of something older. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's really reminiscent of that. Oh, now I want to go and listen to that. Which I think is, to me, if someone listened to one of my songs and only listened to half of it and said, I would rather go and listen to X, Y, or Z, I would take that as a huge compliment. But I think I, I feel for the musicians of 20, 30 years down the, down the line when there's the best part of a century of recorded music to fall back to it's going to be harder and harder to make something original there's there is of course a platform for for people to sing at football matches or outside football matches um at ewood park there is the fan zone of course where they there is live entertainment pre-game if only someone at the yeah. football club would be considering i don't know having a singer songwriter who could sing about blackburn rovers there's a thought Shall we sow that seed? Well, if they can, uh, if they can finance the travel <laughs> and the booking fee, <laughs> there are so many social media platforms for musicians and artists to use and utilize that there's, there's no reason why you can't be using this time now productively to sort of get your name out there into the world. Well, well on that note. How can people contact you? How can they yes. uh, interact with you on one of these many social <clears throat> media channels that you young people talk about? YouTube, I I don't have 100 subscribers, so I don't have my own personalised handle on that one. So if you can find me on YouTube <laughs> and subscribe, it would really help. Facebook, it's the one only J. Henry. Bandcamp, you can download. There's a Christmas song that was released on 24. 
3rd or 4th of December, the time when it's appropriate to start talking about Christmas. It's a song that references Barry Fry. Okay. <laughs> There's, it's chock full. It, I, I, I go from talking about Yazoo and Alison Moye to talking about Barry Fry. So if that's anything up your street, Alison Moye is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. So yes, Facebook, Facebook, the one and only J yeah. Henry Bandcamp is the one and only J Henry Twitter is at only one J Henry. And I can see on the screen you've got my link tree up. I can't remember the rest of them. Find me on one of those. Yeah, All I'll of put, the links to the I'll other ones link, will be I'll on there. I'll put your link tree link in, in the in the pod stuff so people can find that. So you're going to you're going to um, you're going to usher us out now with a with a, with a little yes a little poem. What you have written has power. Yes. So before you do that, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. Thank you I very much the, for having um, me. I think that the rendition of I know I've, we've talked about this in the past. I just think uh, the the rendition of "By Gun Will Make It a Day" is amazing, and of course it's a double A side, so that there is potential for doing the the other side of it as well. Um, and that, that will be well, good. that one will be a bit more difficult because that one actually has a part of "You'll Never Walk Alone" in it. It so does. Yes, Liverpool don't have exclusive rights to that song, despite what they might. Like to have us believe, and we were the first team to win the Premier League at Anfield. A fact I quite like to remind them of regularly. Indeed. Well, may- maybe we can come up with a, a different a different insert replacing "You'll Never Walk Alone" <laughs> with something else. But we-, we can come up with that. So that, that that's a project for 2021. We're, yes, we can work on that. But thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it. Uh, the links. To Josh's link tree, as I say, we'll put on the um, on the BRFCS forum so people can follow it there. But uh, thank you very much. It's been terrific talking, and it, you're welcome back anytime when you've got some uh, some new songs to plug. I'm sure we'd be delighted to play them. And uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll be able to find something to plug. Marvelous! All the very best. <laughs> and lead us out now of this episode with uh, with thank your you. latest piece of writing. So this is called "The Hague Away." It's absolutely outrageous what they've gone and done. I hope they feel ashamed. And then some. They should be on a one-way ticket on a chartered flight to The Hague for the atrocities that they've committed. And don't worry, I'll pay. You see, I've never had a bad day with my practicality, infallibility, peak performances all the way, a flair for the dramatic, and hatred of hyperbole. Need I go on? It's a complete and utter disgrace. If I were in charge, we'd be in no such dismal place. We should never, ever lose a single football match. They're fresh out of ideas and need to cook up a new batch. We require alternate management to steady up this boat. Ah, never mind. We went and won, so now it's time to gloat. We've got the best coach out there, and I'll ne'er say otherwise. And I'll never doubt them for a single second till we lose to a better side. The BRFCS podcast, definitely the best footballing podcast there is, no question.
Right, can I have my car keys back now? All that remains then is time for a few thank yous. Thanks once again, of course, to Josh Henry for his time. The one and only Jay Henry. Look him up on Twitter, Facebook and on Bandcamp. Thanks, of course, to our terrific sponsors, theterrystore.com. Just go to theterrystore.com and enter our exclusive discount code BRFCS at checkout to get a 10% discount. Thanks again to everyone at The Terrace Store for their uh, marvellous support. Lastly, thanks to you for listening. We really appreciate it and we'll catch you all again soon. One final thing, get well soon, Brad. All the best from everyone at BRFCS. This is the BRFCS podcast. Podcast Network.